Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Macular degeneration is an eye condition that is the leading cause of vision loss in the United States. And it's estimated that by 2020, 196 million people worldwide will be affected by age-related macular degeneration. To provide information, connection, and support to people with macular degeneration, Health Union launched MacularDegeneration.net in March of 2019. Cora Lynn Sears is one of our contributors on the site, where she writes about her experiences and how she takes an active approach to slowing the progression of macular degeneration. What has it been like for you to be a part of MacularDegeneration.net? That's a good question. There were positives and, and negatives. Mm. Um, positives are, I didn't feel quite so alone. Yeah. Other people, I knew there were other people with this, but to actually speak with someone who had it is different. Um, my mother had it, but she had the dry form. And it progressed to where she lost her central vision. Mm. This was before um, before the needles were wet anyway. Um, so yeah, I knew about it, but I learned more what people felt, other people. I, I felt very empathetic to some of the people who came on and said, oh, those injections are the worst I've ever experienced. And I think I, I didn't feel that. Mm. My retinal specialist is amazing. And when I mentioned to him that I read online about people feeling such pain, he said there's really no need for it, that the freezing gel that he uses is available anywhere in the world. So there, there was that. Well, some of the negatives I found, um, I found myself thinking more about my macular degeneration mm. as, as I read more. Um, when I wasn't paying much attention to communities like this, it was in the back of my mind, but barely there. Yeah. Uh, it was only things like when I was trying to read the newspaper on a normal day, I would now turn a light on. Um, but when I'm, other than that, I didn't think about it, but then when I started reading other people's things, I would be thinking, that's going to be me. I could be there, or I should be doing this, or I should be doing the other, or all of these. And, and that I found was the negative of joining the community, but the negative is definitely outweighed by the positive. So you mentioned that your mom had macular degeneration. Yes. When you were diagnosed, what was that experience like? When I went for an eyeglass uh, check with the optometrist, he said, I think you have a cataract. Mm. I'm sending you to an ophthalmologist, which he did. And the ophthalmologist said, I think you have macular degeneration and sent me to a retinal specialist who said, yes. You have macular degeneration, you're in the very early stages, just keep an eye on it. 
and I had the cataract removed and everything was fine and I really didn't think any more about it because I was late 50s and mum's vision hadn't gotten terrible until she was in her 70s. So this was something you just, you don't think about. Put it out of your mind, it doesn't really apply to me. And if it did, by the time it got as bad as my mother's, there'd be a cure. Hmm. I did a lot of research for her online and found out about different things that were being tried, but there was nothing that was successful back then. And, and still isn't really for the dry form. And then how long before yours changed into the wet form? From, from my late 50s, it was, um, well, it was two years ago. So I was about 70, almost, when I went for a regular appointment and, and he said, uh, yeah, it's time to go see a specialist again and, and uh, it's wet. And, and that was the scary part of this whole thing was when I got the phone call because I had all the things done in his office and he said, I'm going to look again at these pictures on the computer um, and I'll phone you. So he phoned me and said, you need to see a retinal specialist now. And I saw one the next day and the day after that I had an injection. It was wow. It was very scary because the speed of it is what, what gets you. You say, oh dear, this is worse than I thought. Yeah. But uh, as I said, I have a, a, an amazing retinal specialist. Yeah, the, the speed would, would frighten me as well. But on the other hand, it's, it's really nice that they're being so proactive and making sure that you can maintain your vision. Oh, definitely. And, and that's when I started researching uh, more in depth and started coming across different things online and at the library. There wasn't much at the library. Or maybe I'm not good at researching at the library. But uh, there was a lot online, and I also found there was a lot of misinformation, hmm. um, not from regist registered medical sites, you know, like the Mayo Clinic or those kind of things, but I mean ones where other people say, oh, take saffron, and, and your vision will be amazing by tomorrow. That kind of thing. There's too much of that online. Yeah. Were you having any symptoms? Uh, no. The Looking back on it, um, and, and I was checking my Amsler grid. I always did that. But looking back on the time when they said this had, had advanced to wet, the only symptom I could really think of was needing a little more light. Mm. In the evening, I turned the lights on earlier or... The paper, I, I used a light, um, but not really otherwise. There was no blurriness, and, and the Amsler grid hadn't changed. And the Amsler grid is the, the lines? The squares where they, you look at the dot in the middle, and you see if any of the lines are wavy or have blank spots in them. And mine had always had a, a very little bit of waviness to it. Hmm. And so it's the kind of thing 
this line is a little bit wavy, but you know, you've got four or five of them that are wavy, so all of a sudden there's another little spot, but you don't notice it because it's such a minor change. So with with very little symptoms, that just it tells me that's like the importance of going for those regular eye checkups. Oh, very much so. If I hadn't been going on a regular basis, who knows what would happen. Mm. So you've mentioned a little bit about the injections, and um, to me, I, I remember my grandmother had those injections as well, and to me it seems so frightening, like the, the thought of it seems very frightening. The thought of it is the worst. Um, and, and I can understand why people dread it and stay awake for nights ahead of time before they have their injection. And, and I've read that the eye has nerves that make it extremely painful, but I had no pain, just a little bit of pressure. I, I mean, I, I walked into his office and there was all these people and, and they all looked like they were easily 20 or 30 years older than me. And all these people in the waiting room, he does injection days, like two or three days a week, not every day unless it's an emergency. And they're sitting there with bandages over their one or both eyes, and, and nobody's crying. You know, it's just, it's just there. It's a fact of life. You, you do this, and you hopefully maintain your vision. And, yeah. and my friends have said, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd rather go blind. Well, no, you wouldn't. How do you manage the, the stress of it or the, the emotional impact? I, I'm an eternal optimist. Um, and so I, I don't have that much stress over any of it. The day before the injection... I may be a little um, not so able to concentrate on other things, but for the most part, it's just, it's something that's there. There's nothing I can do about it other than what I'm doing, so don't worry about it, you know, continue on. But I am trying to do more things, uh, see more things than I probably would have without this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I went on a nice trip a couple of months ago. Um, my sister is coming to visit, and instead of just doing a road trip and going down to Seattle or something, we're taking a cruise to Alaska. Things like that I want to see now while I can see. Yeah. While I can see well. Um, I know I'll still be able to see. This is the big thing. I know I will not lose my vision completely. And that's due to my mother. She described her dry macular degeneration as, she says, put a fuzzy gray map of Africa in the middle of your vision. And that's how, I think that's a perfect description. But she could still see if someone came into the room and were close enough and stood in the right spot, she could tell who it was. So that... I know that I'm, I'm not going blind. Completely. Yeah, that's and that's reassuring for sure. It is. You've 
in addition to the injections, you've also made um, lifestyle changes. Yes, I did that. I started that a long time ago, after I was early after I was diagnosed, and uh, I was a little overweight. I was a lot overweight, and I had been a smoker, and I had smoked for twenty years. So I quit that, and I had quit that actually before I was diagnosed. But then after I was diagnosed, and I learned obesity is one of the the factors involved in it. I did go on a diet and, and started exercising, and now I maintain a healthy weight, and I, I walk four or five miles most days. It, and I think that's made a, a big difference. That's excellent. That's It's not easy to make those lifestyle changes and to, to keep it up. No, but it's, it's more a matter of if I do it, I can keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they say about uh, when you're getting old and your joints get tighter, I always look at it as just keep moving. Yeah. If you stop moving, you may be in trouble. Just keep moving. Has macular, having macular degeneration changed your life and changed any of your hobbies or how you... Yes, that's that. Yes, definitely. I'm. I've always. I, I'm a seamstress as well. Oh. I, I did work at it for a while after the painting, um, and now I find there's not enough light to to work on very dark fabrics. Um, my my friends or family want me to hem things, and I can still manage that. But if they want something sewn that's black or navy, no, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I loved photography, but I, I find it's a little more difficult to get some of the settings correct. So now it's the camera on my phone. Um, but no, other than that, I, I don't think there's a lot of changes. With Not yet. So tell me about ballroom dancing with your grandson. <laughs> um, we've been very close. I'm very lucky with him. Uh, I, I looked after him when he was small, you know, as his daytime babysitter for a few years. So I think that created a bond. But yeah, he was trying to get a little bit better shape than he was in. And this was something, and and he needed more confidence. And I thought, well, this is a good way to give him some confidence. Um, So we took the class so that when he did get out there in the clubs with his friends, he wouldn't feel so scared to get up and dance, even though he's definitely not going to ballroom dance. (laughs) But but we both decided we loved it, and uh, we're going to take the next group together. I love that. This is also the child, he's not a child anymore, but when he was maybe 12 or so, and, and I can't remember the, the start of our conversation, but I remember him saying, don't worry, Grandma, when you lose your vision, I will pluck those hairs from your chin. <laughs> you know, that's a very kind thing to offer. <laughs> 
how many how many teenagers or preteens would think of that? <laughs> I was going to say I'm very lucky in that I have my daughter and my grandson here. If I do get to the point I can't drive anymore, mm. um, they're here for me. I, I have a, a friend here in town who is blind, and she has found it quite isolating. So that's one of the things I, I'm concerned about in the future. So I have one more question for you. Okay. Why do you think it's important for people with macular degeneration to have an online community? I, I think partly is to, to hear what others have have found works for them, or how they've overcome the, the days when they're not feeling up to par. Mm. Um, you, you get a, a different outlook on things. And, and also it keeps you in the loop if there's something new coming down the pike. It's, it's how you find out about it. Yeah. And also, if I wanted to make a comment about how this bothered me because of that. They understand, the, the other people in the community understand they've been there. Whereas if I mention it to my friends, they don't really understand. You know, I, I, I can see. What's the problem? Whereas the online community, they know what the problem is, even if you still can see for the most part. Well, Coraline, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your perspective and your, your story with me. All right, thank you. To read Coraline's articles and join the conversation, visit maculardegeneration.net. You can find additional health communities at health-union.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a review. Reviews help other people find the podcast as well. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.